Do you know what I hate about losing whenever you're playing well? All right, let me rephrase that. Welcome into the Plank Show. Do you know what I hate about losing after maybe your best performance of the year is whenever it happens to your arch rival and when your arch rival is able to hit the post-game podium and talk their mess like, oh, I don't know, this? It's when we when it's time to play little brother, you know, you got to just, it's time to beat up little brother at home, so. And I have so much respect for you, but yeah. Can't do anything. Can't do anything. It's like, uh. Sounds like there's a lot of respect. <laughs> can't really, just got to sit back there and, uh, you just got to, you just got to take it. Welcome into the Plank Show on a Thursday. We're in studio today. I got here, bro. My kids are out of school again today. Is, again? Yeah. Is Norman closed? I mean, I don't, I don't know. We, TJ just is he, is he still in there? No. I. We are. We are Washington Warrior Pride. We can get around in the cold. We've got dudes with trucks, pull things, dig things, drill things, you name it. School's been closed for three days now. Though I will say, in my neck of the woods, nape of the neck, Josh Helmer, there's a little hill that I have to get up to get to work every day. Let's just say we were on the struggle bus to get up to the top of that hill this morning. Sneaky slick in some areas. Be safe out there. But I'm assuming we're done, right? Is this it? This it's, is the end? Yeah, it seems to be. It. You know, when I came in was sort of – Misting, sprinkling a little bit. Yeah, but it's I don't not. think it was ice. No, it's not. It's it's not. I don't think it was ice. But hey, listen, let's just pull the Band-Aid off. 71-61 last night. Um, Caleb Boone looked like a, a first-round pick. Cissé looked like the second pick. <laughs> I mean, Indeed. you literally had Ralph Sanson and Akeem Olajuwon. You had the Twin Towers out there, and Oklahoma couldn't do anything about it. They got out-rebounded 42-32. Cissé and Boone combined to score 36 points. And shoot 80%. Was was it was it a joke, but had Boone between games really made 20 straight shots, or was someone just being a smart aleck on Twitter last night? Because i got to be honest with you, it seemed like he had made like 20 straight shots, and even the difficult ones like, oh, good, they got him. Oh, well, that thing fell. Great. Well, and he definitely made his first eight last night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How do you explain that one? Well, I think you just did. There was no answer for Boone or Cissé. And you got walloped on the glass. And not even just namely by those two. Those two, uh, the work they did on the block. But 42-32 overall in the uh, rebounding department and 14-6. to in the offensive rebounds department. So they, they just, man, they got kicked on the glass. They got kicked in the paint. And they didn't hit shots, right? So how do you offset an opponent that has that size advantage over you, has that length advantage over you? Well, you hit shots. And Oklahoma did that versus Alabama. Did not do it. Didn't do last it last night. The thing that got frustrating at times was the inability to do anything with Cissé and Boone. But then, I, I don't, 
I don't have like a full shot sheet breakdown or anything, Josh, but it felt like on on the misses, especially some of the Sherfield misses, they weren't just misses whenever it looked like they had something from three. They were, I mean, air balls. It's like, whoa, what what in the world is going on here? I I never thought that it would get that bad for Oklahoma. Now, granted, they they rally made it look a little bit more tight, tighter, if you will, in the postgame box and in the score scorebook, if you will, on the scoreboard. But that was Ugh, that was frustrating, well, I'm o- sure, for everyone o- involved. Oklahoma State came in and handled Oklahoma. L- let's give credit where credit's due. Uh, let's see. So, one, two. They've played four quarters this year. Oklahoma's been the dominant team. I'm sorry. They've played four halves this year. Oklahoma's been the dominant team for one. Oklahoma State has dominated the other three. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? And I don't even know if you can say that Oklahoma was the dominant team for one. Oklahoma they won, won one half. There you go. Okay, let me rephrase that. Oklahoma won one half. OSU not just one, but dominated the other three. Is that? I Yeah, I think okay. that's fair. Porter Moser afterwards. Right from the beginning. Um, didn't really have an answer for Boone or Cissé. Um, first play of the game, we trapped and we missed an assignment. Uh, on the very first play of the game, he spun around the trap and he got it to the, the man on the block. Um, and then we went one-on-one and he scored. Uh, Cissé came in and was knocking down mid-range shots, was rolling behind our post. Just no answer for Cissé and Boone. Um, I thought those two, um, their length and athleticism getting behind on the rolls, um, they start hitting the pocket shots, Boone's one-on-one, you know, 16 for 20 between the two, uh, 36 points between their five men, their, their athleticism and length between those spots. Um, I thought, I thought those, you know, just, uh, right from the beginning, you know, just Boone passed out of a trap, Boone one-on-one, Boone one-on-one, Cissé comes in, hits pocket shots, pocket shots, roll dunks. Um, and then I, th- I thought their, their guards, the speed of the guards, they played uh, downhill. But those, those two, Cissé and Boone, I got to give them a look. They, they, they really, really affected us on, on trying to make some decisions what to do. The way they rolled, scored in the post, hit the pocket shots. Tough. Oh, Norman School is closed today. Thanks, Chapstick. That makes me feel a little bit better about things. Um. Here's probably the most frustrating part about last night. Not for OU fans that it came. You know where I'm going, right? Place was packed. Everything. Um, what's the Billie Eilish song? I had a dream. I had everything I wanted. Yes, my daughter's listening to Billie Eilish non- nonstop. You had everything you wanted from a crowd perspective. You had that place packed. It was not only packed. It was rocking, man. There was a decent... Decent group of Oklahoma State fans that had made the trip. Now, I did have to laugh because I think it was Kendall that had tagged us in a tweet where someone's like, the orange takeover is coming. It's, you sound like Charger fan. Charger fans are coming. Take over your stadium. There's like two guys there in Chargers jerseys. <laughs> but Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you take that. But by the end of the game, it looked like there were a lot of Oklahoma State fans there. But you didn't notice it because there were so many OU fans that had made their way, and it was what we wanted in the LNC. By God, it's what we wanted in the LNC all season long. Now, granted, it took free tickets to get there, but that's frustrating. But that's the crowd was—the crowd was really good the, the weekend was before. Great against Alabama so. too, right? So you got what you wanted in the Bama game, but you got the 
You know, it, there's also there's this nerdy like marketing side of me, even though nobody ever wants my marketing opinions. But you finally, you know, you get a lot of people in there that maybe don't go because it's free, right? You get a lot of maybe a, a faction of families that are a little bit more budgetly challenged. And I'm in that group, by the way. And you finally get a chance to go, and maybe your wife or one of your kids is, I like this. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm great. I'm a great piece of evidence of that because my daughter always had soccer or always had this. And finally, we got a chance to go to a women's basketball game in like December. And she wants to go to every single one of them now. She loves it. Every single game she wants to go to now. And that's great, right? So you never know what happens as far as someone who can have that spark generated by being there. And, you know, maybe the loss didn't scare away everybody. But it hurts and it sucks. It sucks whenever you have that kind of game that plays out with that kind of crowd. Because it's just, I mean, let's be honest, Josh, it's just so rare. And by the way, that's the third, and free tickets last night. So again, I'm, I'm kind of putting in a little bit of perspective. That's the third really good home crowd in a row that Oklahoma's had, right? Baylor, Alabama, and now Oklahoma State. So... You, you should feel good as an OU fan for what has been the atmosphere the last three games. Now you just you know maybe worry a little bit about next week. Unless they can go to West Virginia, get a win on Saturday, and try to right this ship. But, man, Oklahoma State, they just they had their way last night. I mean, there's really, there's really no other way to put it. Here's one more from, uh, from Porter. Oh, hold on here. I guess it helps that that's plugged in. Well, they, and then they were hitting shots when they, they hit some threes. You know, uh, uh, Newton hit that shot. But, yeah, like if, you know, you're, you're um, you know, we tried digging down on the post. We were trying different ball screen coverages because their guards are so quick. You know, Tanner was having to stay in the ball screen coverage and they'd roll behind. Then they'd hit the pocket. When they start hitting the pocket, we were, they had, those two had an answer for almost everything. Uh, that we were doing, um, Cisse and Boone. Scoring in the post, then Cisse scored one-on-one in the post in the second half. Boone scored one-on-one in the post. They rolled behind. Then they got the offensive rebounds. Um, just 16 for, or 16 for 20. Um, 36 points between that, those two athletic five men. By the way, having listened to this entire press conference this morning before I came in, you're going to hear that stat a lot as we go through it. You're you're gonna hear that stat a lot as we go through it here uh, on a on a Thursday morning. What are you what are you looking back at last year's for? What's caught your eye? Oh, just uh, was seeing if they beat Oklahoma State last year. Obviously, oh. they've gotten one of four. They did win in overtime inside the LNC last season. It seemed as if there were a couple of moments where you thought, okay. They've they've got a little bit of momentum here. Maybe there is a chance. Maybe there's a chance to, I, I hate to use the term, get back into this game, but turn the tide a little bit in the second half. And it, what Porter Moser just said, every single time that it felt like Oklahoma had any, and I'm just looking specifically at the second half here, where Oklahoma had any chance of getting back in this game, Oklahoma State had an answer, right? Every, every chance. And it was just, gosh, dude, I can't, I can't think of any other word but frustrating, maybe even, dare I say, a little bit disappointing. I, I Let's just use this as an example. It was I, disheartening. 
I was thinking about, um, you know, even situations where, like, for instance, early in the second half, right around the first media timeout, Oklahoma is down 15. 15 at that point. But Oklahoma State went down, and even after a uh, – a board by Boone and a foul on Groves. Oklahoma State had an empty possession. Sooners missed a three. Oklahoma State had another empty possession. Got a foul. Grant Sherfield missed a three. I mean, even in those moments where you get a couple of empty possessions in a row, you can't make them pay. And when you got to the free throw line, like Sam Godwin missing a free throw. And by the way, I'm nitpicking here very early in the second half in a moment where it was a 14-point game, but you you get a bucket in one of those possessions, I'm not going to say you win this thing because, oh, by the way, Boone and Cissé were still on the court, but maybe at the very least you're able to get it to 10. You're able to cut it to 8 and make it a little bit more interesting. But, Josh, it was never the case last night. That thing was – when it got to 18 – there was, a, there was an episode of Forensic Files on that I hadn't seen in a while that I was contemplating. Flip I was contemplating, on. but I didn't. Yeah, th- those first couple of media timeouts in the second half to have not really sliced away at the deficit was was obviously pivotal. Well, and, and, and to my uh, – Travis just made a really good point off the super secret textoso line. You know, that that ties into the crowd with, you know, me maybe nitpicking early in the second half because, like Travis said, that crowd – was just waiting for an opportunity to impact the game, like a stick of dynamite ready to be lit. But you just you couldn't get that run. Because if Oklahoma State had a couple empty possessions, OU had a couple empty possessions. And then what would OSU do? Hit a dagger. If, if Oklahoma got to the free throw line with an opportunity, okay, let's make a little headway here, they'd miss, they'd miss one of their free throws. Just a frustrating night all the way around. Do we, um, do we just leave this one to the texters the rest of the day? sprinkle in a little Porter Moser from here on out and just put it in the rear view? Or do we have to talk about it more in depth? Because I do want to give a big – listen, it was free admission. Free admission for Bedlam. I don't know if we've ever had a free admission game for a Bedlam ever outside of sports that have free admission. So it just – it sucks that that was the way it played out. You were hoping that you'd give that Disney moment that we talk about a lot, right? But unfortunately, that happy, magical ending wasn't there for Sooner fans. Maybe some were, listen, the marketing wasn't any different. The in-game show wasn't different. Red freaking Panda was there. They all nerd out over her. So, I mean, you still have the show. Maybe it will drive a few people to want to come back and be a part of it. And the, of course, most frustrating part of all of this, the, the crowd, yes, Bedlam. Everybody was talking this weekend, largest win over anybody for Oklahoma since and heard it, saw it, read it again and again and again and again. Oregon, final five, yeah, final four. Elite eight to get to the final four. Yep. Well, for this Alabama win to come anywhere close to the importance of that win, can't turn around and lose the way you lost to Oklahoma State. That's right. That's right. All right. Um, we got to take a break. Let's all just kind of clear the palate, cleanse the palate, be good to go from here on out. Serenity now. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Oh, yeah, the super secret text line is literally our cell phones. That's all it is. 
If you want it, I'll give it to you. I'm not that secretive. You can ask. I did. Uh, I did have a good time last night. I did a Drew's Drew at um, England. One of our buddy. He's he's starting back up his podcast. I think Deshaun White is coming on with him. So I sat and talked with Drew, and we talked softball for about an hour last night. That's awesome. Oh, dude, I'm all fired up now. I was kind of slow to get a little fired up, just because. I tend to run a little hot, maybe get a little bit over the top enthusiastic about things, but in uh in, in this case I'm ready to go. Still got a week before the season starts, but let's go. And uh we'll talk to Joey Helmer at eleven AM this morning right here on the ref. So I talked to Drew last night, so I'm all fired up about softball. I'll let you know when that podcast drops. I got Joey Helmer coming up to talk coops, but this is a big day in the Big Twelve. This is a big day in the Big Twelve. And today could be a day or tomorrow when we get some finality about the future of Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12. And why all of a sudden are people starting to, to kind of backtrack and walk back these 24 reports? We'll get into it next right here on the Home Sooner Fans. Oh, no way. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Is there – okay, quick little sidebar. Tough one last night, obviously, for Oklahoma basketball. They fall to Oklahoma State. Uh, so, Saturday, you got to go to West Virginia, a place that's been a tough place, but the Sooners have pulled off some wins. And oh, you women will be home Saturday at 2 o'clock against West Virginia. Is this a thing that's starting now, by the way, as we sidebar before we hit this Big 12 story, Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders? Or is this just something that uh, Get Up is creating? Because – I literally follow or at least have a list of every single Raiders reporter there is. And nobody said this? And nobody is saying that it's it's imminent or a move the Raiders are even talking about making. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know you know you want me to tell you who is speculating on an Aaron Rodgers trade to the Raiders? Something called the Raiders wire, which is like a fan run thing. I don't Hey, easy now. No, no, this isn't like professionally done like Hawkeye's Wire. This is literally fan run, like they're fans. But there we go. Here we go. I guess it's rumor season. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind Aaron Rodgers in silver and black. I don't necessarily know if you magically upgrade the position with that defense and offensive line, but we'll see. I mean, he's a better quarterback than Derek Carr, right? The Raiders wire. Mission accomplished. It made it to these airwaves. Yeah, it did. I don't it follows me. Oh, should I follow it if it follows me? I'll follow you back, Raiders wire. But that's the only place that I've seen it. But I guess I guess last night I bring this up. Uh somebody had tweeted oh, Las Vegas locally had a story. Oh no, no, let me rephrase that. Okay, back up just a second here. Devontae Adams did an AMA on Twitter, right? He said, I'm answering 15 questions, ask anything. This was late last night. And at Las Vegas locally said, which neighborhood is Aaron Rodgers moving to? And Devontae Adams retweeted and said, mine. So everyone took that to mean, oh! Aaron Rodgers is coming. Oh! Meanwhile, you know, Aaron Rodgers also has a house in Nashville and – is this really what we're going to base our rumors on now? How Devontae Adams responds to a question from at Las Vegas locally? 
Is that what we're doing? Which, by the way, we don't even know that Aaron Rodgers wants to play next season. A- again, I think there is the bottom line more than anything else. And do you really? I love Aaron Rodgers, but do you really want to enter in a world where you go get a quarterback and literally the next offseason is like, well, is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? I, You know what? You've sold me on something, by the way. You're in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. You're not winning anything with Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady consistently. No. Right? Tank. Tank, get, get Caleb, Caleb Williams, Williams, get Drake May. You got either one of those guys. Might be leaning a little bit towards Drake May right now, uh, Josh. Maybe. But I'm on Team Tank for the Raiders in 23. In yeah, fact, get, get your guy for the future. In fact, I've made the decision that unless they decide that they fall in love with Bryce Young, I'm going to have to start getting in really good shape because if they do get Drake May or Caleb Williams, I'm going to have to really sit through a season that's going to make me very angry. <laughs> I'm going to be mad. My blood pressure is going to be high. I've thought about you know cutting, cutting back to just one cup of coffee a day. I've started jogging. I mean, these are things that I'm doing. Some are like, oh, you're, you're bettering yourself. No, no, no. I'm preparing myself for the Raiders to suck again this year. I'm not going to do it <laughs> to my body. Uh, Josh, today is a very big day for the Big 12. Do we have any acknowledgement from either uh, my beloved Oklahoma Sooners or the, the hated Texas Longhorns yet? As of last night, the only, the only acknowledgement of the schedule for Texas and for Oklahoma was the fact that they had retweeted the Big 12's composite schedule. 23 isn't even an option on the Sooner website right now. Still isn't. And TexasSports.com hasn't updated its schedule either. So something is amiss there. We don't know what. Or or, or maybe, listen, there is this part of me that wants to pause for a little bit because I'm not going to try to think how Joe C. or anyone else is thinking. But, Josh, maybe this is just going to be the way it is. Hey, we're we're a Big 12 team this year. But we're not going to go over the top to hype anything Big 12-wise. Again, just trying to find something because obviously there's a disconnect here somewhere. Slash, don't you dare put us on Black Friday again without our stamp of approval. Do you think that's what it is? I don't know. I mean, it's easy to make that leap, the Provo to Black Friday thing. I have a... can I hold off on my theory till 10 a.m.? Yes. Have I given this already? Maybe I have. I've done too many radio shows. But regardless. Not today you haven't. That's right. This is number one, baby. Um, this, to me, is an interesting day because if there was something that the Big 12 did in this schedule and then refused to consult with or talk to Chris Del Conte or Joe Castiglione about it and basically went with the hey, you left us, here's what it is. Well, you you have, I think, no choice but to confront them and talk to them about it today. Big 12 presidents and ADs are meeting today at the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport Grand Hyatt. On the agenda, Gonzaga's potential membership, which, again, neither no OU nor Texas I. Uh, have anything to do with, nor could they care. I think in that case it would be could they care less or they couldn't care less. Anyway. No stake in the game there. Thank you. Uh, Add realignment implications beyond the Big 12 as a topic. And, of course, some discussion about the possible early exit of Texas and Oklahoma for the SEC. All right, can I hit pause here real quick? Just, just, And I'm not lying. 
I want instant reaction to this. 405-651-3439. Am I crazy, or has everyone been for the better part of the last, maybe December, right? when these December, January, been just, oh, Oklahoma and Texas, they're gone. Everyone knows they're gone in, in Final year. Final year. This, this 23 schedule, this is it. They're gone in 24. Everybody. We played my, my back and forth with um, Brett McMurphy. Not a bad back and forth, but you heard it. Even he was like, well... I said it's momentum is heading in that direction. Dennis Dodd, who has been, oh, it's it's, it's inevitable that they're going to to, to the SEC. In, now in time's running out. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, the possible possibility of it. I'm, I'm listening to podcasts last night, and, and you have guys, well, you know, I don't really know about some of these reports that were out there before. I'm like, well. Sounds like negotiation tactics to me. Right. I mean, what's going on here? Well, it's it's pressure being applied, is what am, it is. Am, am I am I crazy, or are are people either starting to to try to walk some things back, or maybe fine tune their message a little bit? Because as I've told you guys endlessly on this here very radio program, Josh, endlessly, you're not getting anything from Oklahoma or Texas, and I mean anything official about anything other than 2025, unless Brett McMurphy. And Dennis Daughter in some ways sourced in, in those respects. Exactly. So, and I don't know that they are, but if they are, then yes, the messaging appears to have changed a little bit. And I still think that, you know, look, the contract can say whatever the contract says. Right. But if everybody says, you know what, yeah, let's go ahead and accept this exit fee and just rip the Band-Aid off then regardless of the 18 months window and what the contract says and, oh, time's running out, is time really running out? Or is that Oklahoma and Texas foot down on the accelerator? Okay, time's running out. If you want us to pay an exit fee, tick-tock, tick-tock. Right, and I, I also can't help but wonder, too, boy, in, in, the way that, in the way that Dodd reported it the first time, right, it's very in the weeds, it's very nerdy, but in the but I feel like it's something we all need to know. Oh my gosh, get up is now using that tweet as their reason to talk about Devontae the Raiders Adams. wire. Oh my gosh, yes, the Raiders wire and the Devontae Adams neighborhood one with Las Vegas locally. Man, what a day for the Raiders wire. Yeah, big day for them. Um, but I feel like this is important stuff. All right, so who's to say that maybe an Oklahoma or or, or a Texas sourced person was the one that pointed out hey they need this money right they're sitting here talking about the the buyouts they need this money they don't and and then that becomes the first story right hey the Oklahoma states of the world they're not taking a full share in order to make the cincy's of the world whole when they come in so any chunk out of anyone's budget hurts right and now if they stay, you're kind of like, well, you're not getting. Why that did those schools ever agree to do that in the first place? I have no idea. Was it just pure panic? I think it might have been that that the uh, apple cart was going to race away. I, I think that might have been because under no other scenario, or very rarely, do schools join conferences and get the full share immediately. Right, but and, and I don't even think is Josh, Oklahoma going to. I yes. I don't even think. Well, <laughs> dude, I'm not even kidding. I don't think Houston and them are coming in as a full share member. But I talked to their athletic director, or I don't. 
I don't – that whole idea that, hey, they're going to make him whole, I don't know if it's whole, whole. I just think it's here's a percentage of what you'll get. Like, in other words, now you're starting to see some of these reports that, hey, the Big 12 is going to be okay, but they have, you know, kind of in some ways cut off the nose despite the face in the short term, and now they really need any kind of money they can get from a buyout, right? So Oklahoma and Texas might be like, you know, we're we're fine. We'll keep our 80 million, thanks. Keep our 80 mil. But, I mean, I just, is it me, 405-651-3439, uh, message boy diehard, tell me out on this. Anyway, it, does it suddenly seem like this message, this, this, this chronic pounding over our head message that from insiders and reporters and you listen to all the, the college football know-it-alls, it had always been, yeah, Oklahoma and Texas are on the verge of it's happening. They're going to be there in 24. And now all of a sudden, everyone's like, well, you got to remember this. And don't forget about that. And this was a process. Am, am I crazy or does it seem like this suddenly is like a turning narrative? There's been some pushback, yes. Okay. When we come back, there is a report about the offer that Oklahoma and Texas made to get out of the Big 12. Let's dive into that next. Plus, I mean, the Air Comfort Solutions text line is on fire from last night's hoops game. We'll get to that. Oklahoma Falls, Oklahoma State in Bedlam. What did it mean as far as bracketology? Well, I don't even, I don't even know if any of you really care about bracketology yeah, well, right means, now. It means right now OU's on the wrong side looking at it. We'll dive into it next on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Here's the report from Dodd. Let's pay it off quick. Oklahoma and Texas recently made an offer to the Big 12 and Fox. Now remember, there's five entities in this, as Brett McMurphy talked about. Each of the TV networks have a seat at the table, right? There's OU and Texas. There's the remaining Big 12 team. There's Fox, ESPN, ESPN. and there's Fox. And the SEC is kind of like, eh, whatever you guys want to do, man, just let us know. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's Greg saying. He's like, yeah, this isn't an SEC problem. Oklahoma and Texas are coming in 25, right? But – Though I think he'd like to, I'm sure he'd want a heads up. Like, I'm not acting like he's just sitting around chilling. Well, and I think I think he definitely would like this done sooner rather than later. But it is what it is. Like you said, it's it's an OU Texas thing. It's not an SEC problem. So OU and Texas recently made an offer to the Big Twelve and to Fox to leave the league one year early for the SEC. It was rejected. The nature of the offer was not clear. So guys, that's a pretty interesting new tidbit in this whole process Oklahoma and Texas so not only you know that adds a little bit of context to why you're not maybe seeing a schedule announcement from either Oklahoma or Texas right now they made an offer to the league to say hey here's what we'll pay you here's here's what we think is fair Fox here's what we'll do for you as far as non-conference games here's what he, and they rejected it so they rejected it and then the schedule release, which obviously had something that both sides didn't like. So that that kind of makes a little bit more sense, does it not, as to why we haven't seen anything? Sure, yeah. Some genuine animosity with how this is playing out. And I don't think, I don't think that animosity is some sort of just, hey, we're negotiating tactic. Right. I, I think probably Oklahoma and Texas are both genuinely upset. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. There's more to this from Dodd, who writes, CBS Sports previously reported the Big 12 rights holder would have to be made whole for losing the Longhorns and Sooners early from its programming lineup. That could involve a series of non-conference games involving both schools. 
Fox and ESPN, Hold Linear, blah, 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 blah. Uh, there was speculation that Tuesday's release of the Big 12 schedule was connected to the OU Texas issue. In other words, nothing could happen until it was known when the programs would leave the league. Not true. The league faced a deadline of an early February date to release the schedules. Fox and ESPN needed to start scheduling themselves. Meanwhile, as CBS Sports reported, um, Oklahoma and Texas want to leave early, but the complications are numerous. The pair made it known that they were leaving the Big 12 for the SEC, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how much more you take from that, Josh, but I will add that was a lot of that makes sense now about Oklahoma's frustration, if indeed that's the case, for the lack of an acknowledgement of the Big 12 schedule. And I think we basically knew a lot of this was going on, but we hadn't had anybody sign their name to it. Right. Now Dennis Dodd has. Yep. Um, I right, we to take a timeout. But I want to hit a couple of Air Comfort Solutions texts on this real quick before we do. My goal is to stay on the clock today, Josh. It's a small goal, but we'll see how it goes. Um, Santa John. I've read the schedule holdup. Was OU and the Shorthorns are digging in their heels? I think to Santa John's point, that's what Dennis Dodd is saying. Because they didn't vote on the acceptance of the four new teams, it consequently dilutes OU and the Shorthorns' share of the payout at the end of the year, which would be a violation of the grant of rights contract. They're holding the Big 12's conference's feet to the fire to renegotiate an early exit. Joe C. and his counterpart in Austin uh, were thinking way out front when they declined to cast a vote, though. They might have been precluded from doing so. And if so, how dumb are the current Big 12 members? Now, Santa John, I would add this. Um, I do don't necessarily think that the Big 12 wasn't aware of that, right? I don't think that they they knew of everything. There wasn't anyone that was just acting in pure bitterness or anger and saying, well, you can't vote. You better not vote. I just I don't think anyone would be that short-sighted in this process. I think Oklahoma and Texas recused themselves from those conversations. They did. But it's an interesting angle to it. Uh, 405. Guys, we may have well, may as well just wait until 2025. Bleep the Big 12. It's getting that way. I mean, again, the closer the closer you get to it, keep the 80 million. Right. Just keep it. If if there is no you mentioned the five parties involved, right? Right. And if one of the parties, Fox, just says no, we you're either you're either staying and playing or we want $80 million, then it could be as simple as we're not paying $80 million. That's right. That's absolutely right. I mean, if it takes multiple parties, right, to negotiate. And if one of the parties <laughs> isn't going to budge, then there might not be any negotiation. I don't know. I think those are some pretty good nuggets there, man. I think those are some really good nuggets from Dennis Dodd's column. And a lot of things make sense. Oklahoma made an offer. Texas made an offer. The Big 12's like, nah. You know, Dodd pushes back a little bit on the schedule release being a kind of a middle finger to, to OU in Texas and saying that they had a deadline. But it was my understanding that deadline was mid-February. Anyway, it's, it's not going to end, gentlemen. Are we in a position now to where we even care about getting out, out, out to the SEC early? 
right? I mean, I wouldn't mind Oklahoma being in 2024 just because that 25 non-con includes Michigan. Uh, and, and honestly, we don't even know truly what that SEC schedule might look like. Are they going to – it seems like every time we get an idea about something, Josh, it's reported, yeah, that's not going to be the case. That's some interesting stuff from Dennis Dodd. That is some – to me, got to dig a little bit in the article. That is some eye-opening stuff that desperately and drastically affects the future of the Big 12 and the future of OU Texas. Not long-term, right? 2025, it's like, all right, see ya. But definitely in the short term, if Oklahoma made an offer, Texas made an offer, and they said no, a lot of this non-acknowledgement of the schedule makes a little bit more sense. All right, we're going all in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line next right here on The Ref. I said something this morning on a, a radio show in Birmingham, Alabama, that I don't think would make anyone mad, but I'm kind of worried it will. Can what did you say? Can I play it for you real quick? Yeah. We got, we got time before we hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line. They'd asked me, Cole, Cole Kublik and Greg McElroy had asked me how important this recruiting class was given the season that Oklahoma had. And, I'm again, I'm not a recruiting guy, but whenever the topic comes up, I can hold my own. So – did the recruiting class give Oklahoma hope for the future? Tell me if you think I misspoke here. I do stammer around a little bit, but I eventually get there. Oh. Look, why is this doing Be this like. today? I'm playing a cut for me. Okay, let's try this. I can't even imagine what this uh, offseason would be like uh, for our radio shows that cover college football, just like you guys do on an everyday basis. I can't even begin to imagine how – challenging that would be to to kind of fight off the, the disbelievers and the haters if this recruiting class had come in as like a 20th ranked class right right uh, and 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 let's let's be honest about it too greg I'm, I'm not trying to shy away from the linemen or the necessity on the defensive line but a majority of this excitement is centered around one guy and that's their five-star quarterback from denton guy or jackson arnold and some considered him to be the best quarterback in texas others you know had uh, and some would even say in the class but obviously when you have Arch Manning and Amalekai Nelson in this class, it, uh, it just it, it sometimes can get lost in the mix when you have a guy that had been that competitive, or excuse me, that committed for so long. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, being able to make sure that Jackson Arnold didn't go anywhere, the last second flip of Peyton Bowen whenever it looked like he was going to, what, Notre Dame, then Oregon, and then all of a sudden back to Oklahoma, um, it, it would have been a really, really – it's going to be a long off season anyway, right? Sure. It would have been much longer had, had Venables and this staff not put together what they did because, sure, the season bowl was fun, right? They still lost, and they still finished under 500. And, you know, John Blake was a great man, and, of course, we lost him a couple years ago. But from a coaching perspective, you don't want anything in your tenure compared to his at Oklahoma. And that was, you know, unfortunately what it started at times last Same. year, and then they went and got this class. Let's see how they let's see how they re, uh, revitalize things this year. Yeah. So see, I kind of thought that last part after I said I was like, ah, I don't want anyone to get mad about that, but it's it's true, right? Well, it's the first losing season since. Okay. So I mean, it is what it is. Uh, there's no doubt. Okay. It, it would be I feel a little better. Now. So negative around here, if not for Arnold and PJ Adabare and Derek LeBlanc and and Bowen, just the entirety of this signing class has 
instilled a lot of hope okay. for what could what could be coming uh, down the pipeline. And by the way, the way that they ended the 2022 signing class. Yeah, I, and again, my it wasn't because some would immediately push back and go, well, without Blake signing class, they probably don't win the 2000 2000 national championship. To which I would say. Without Josh Heupel, they don't win the 2000 National Championship anyway. But I get what you're saying. So I didn't want it to come up, come off as a shot. But in the same vein, right, you don't want anything you do compared to that unfortunate era in OU football, which, again, is a time that was tough. I just didn't want it to come across as anything bad about it. No, I think okay. you were just describing the situation as it is. To a bunch of people that don't follow Oklahoma football on a regular right. basis. I don't think that you <laughs> said that Brent Venables is Coach Blake. No, I did not. I do not believe that. I will say, though, it's always funny how these things, it's like, okay, all right, well, good. I feel better about it. Then, like, three days later, it'll end up on, I don't know, Heartland Sports or something like that. And it's like, oh, you sideline reporter comparing this era to the Blake era. It's like, no, that's not. That's absolutely not what, what happened there. <laughs> Aggregation can be your friend. And sometimes it could be your worst enemy. I feel better. Air Comfort Solutions text line. I owe you. We'll get caught. A lot of bedlam texts. I didn't expect this this morning from last night. Plus, we're uh, we're learning a little bit more about Oklahoma's exit from the Big 12 and whether or not it'll come early. We'll dive into it next on The Ref.